Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show. If you'd like to join the alpha male conversational maneuvers, call me during the live show, Saturdays, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Time at 877-DAVE-007. That's Saturdays, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Time at 877-328-3007. This, this is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. This is a very solemn and special weekend. It is Memorial Day. We do not celebrate Memorial Day. It is not a festive holiday. It is not a holiday in which we say, Happy Memorial Day, everyone. We observe Memorial Day. And while the traditional observance of Memorial Day has diminished over the years in this country and many Americans have forgotten the true meaning and the traditions of Memorial Day, we do not here at the Cigar Dave Show. I don't, and I know that all of you don't. We know the true meaning of Memorial Day, and we will observe it appropriately today as we salute every fallen man and woman who has served in the armed forces. Long Ash greetings and salutations, a Long Ash snappy salute, Semper Delictatio. Normally I would say always pleasure, but today as we get ready to observe Memorial Day, that is not really appropriate to say always pleasure, although the men and women who served, who fought, who gave their lives, who remain forever young, did so so that we could enjoy pleasure, so we could live in freedom, so that we could conduct our way of life, our American way of life. And it's appropriate today that we remember those who gave their lives, who paid the ultimate price, and we do so today from a very unique place. If it sounds like there's a little bit of activity in the background, there is. It is because we are coming to you from the Bad Monkey in Ybor City. Now, let me stop you right there because I'm sure you think the Bad Monkey. That sounds a little bit on the wacky side. Well, it is owned by a retired Major General who served as the uh, Major General of the Special Operations Command in the Cigar City of Tampa. He owns this, and many veterans hang out at this bar. And that's why we are here. And we have got some incredible guests. One guest that I will not tell you just yet, but I can tell you it is absolutely huge. We are indeed fortunate to have him on this Memorial Day edition of the Cigar Dave Show. But Memorial Day, a federal holiday here in the United States for remembering those who died while serving in the country's armed forces. The holiday is observed every year on the last Monday of May, formerly known as Decoration Day. 
originated after the American Civil War to commemorate the Union and Confederate soldiers who died in the war. By the 20th century, Memorial Day had been extended to honor all Americans who died while in military service. And the traditions of Memorial Day go way back. And in fact, the original home of Memorial Day is Waterloo, New York, in central New York. And we observe Memorial Day in the manner in which it is intended and was intended to pay tribute to those men and women that did pay the ultimate price and the ultimate sacrifice. At this time, lieutenants, I ask you to rise as we always do on these special shows, especially these patriotic shows. We will begin with John Wayne and the Pledge of Allegiance, followed by Doug Allen singing our national anthem, the Star Spangled Banner, followed by Taps. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Our debt to the heroic men and valiant women in the service of our country can never be repaid. They have earned our undying gratitude. America will never forget their sacrifices. President Harry S. Truman. Honoring those who gave their lives for the ideals of this great country. We proudly observe Memorial Day.
on The Cigar Dave Show. It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number no. 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper. Fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lighting up the Diamond Crown. He's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium Diamond Crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. Experience the premium Diamond Crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or Diamond Crown Lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman Cigar Co. or visit DiamondCrown.com. As a cigar connoisseur, one of the pleasures that we derive is walking into our retailer's humidor and seeing the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Nine years ago, I had the idea that I wanted to share great cigars with the cigar lieutenants. So... The Officers Club was born. Every month, you will receive three fantastic premium cigars direct to your door, shipped in a very dapper Officers Club customized Ziploc cigar pouch. $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. No long-term contracts. You can cancel whenever you want. You enjoy great cigars right to your door. Names like Perdomo, Diamond Crown, Brickhouse, San Latano, Rocky Patel, Torano, CAO, Avo, Camacho, Greycliff, and many more. Join the Officers Club today. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and for $22.95, you'll get the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Hi, this is Rocky Patel. If you're a beginner, or if you just enjoy a great mild cigar like I do in the morning, I suggest you try the Vintage 99. This seven-year-old Connecticut wrapper delivers a creamy, mild, smooth flavor. It's very, very balanced on your palate, and it absolutely is delightful. Tons of flavor, a perfect draw, and an incredible ash. This cigar is smooth, it will entice you to enjoying more and more of the Vintage 99s. It's just a nice, great, balanced, smooth cigar. Look for it, the oldest Connecticut shape in the market today. I'm Rocky Patel, and I promise you, nobody works harder than we do to make you a great quality cigar. Come visit us at RockyPatel.com. Surgeon General warning, cigar smoking can cause cancer and heart disease. While for many, Memorial Day has come to mean the unofficial start of summer, at the Cigar Dave Show, we never forget the true reason for the holiday, honoring those who made the ultimate sacrifice for the United States of America. We continue our observance of Memorial Day. We are here in Ybor City, which is the historic cigar-making area in the cigar city of Tampa, and located within the Ybor City area is a watering hole known as the Bad Monkey. It is a military-themed bar, 
And the proprietor, not only was he served distinguished in the United States Air Force with some incredible credentials, but now he is an entrepreneur as well. Major General David J. Scott, United States Air Force, retired. General Scott, great to have you here today as we observe Memorial Day. Thanks a lot, Dave. Appreciate you being here. And I would like to just take some time here before we talk about uh, the bad monkey and talk about uh, your experiences in the military. You retired from the United States Air Force on September 1, 2009. Prior to that, you served as Deputy Director, Center for Special Operations, U.S. Special Operations Command at MacDill Air Force Base here in the Cigar City of Tampa. Your military career included uh, duty as Deputy Commanding General, Joint Special Operations Command, Fort Bragg, North Carolina. Command of Flying Operations at Squadron Group and Wing Levels, including Special Operations Aviation Units in Fort Walton Beach, Florida. And the C-130 Flight Training Base at Little Rock, Arkansas. You served in Germany, the United Kingdom, Panama, Afghanistan, and Iraq. And now you are an entrepreneur, just like many other of your, your colleagues who retired at McDill, you stayed in the Tampa area. Absolutely. It's a great place. It's amazing. Everybody wants that last stop to go to McDill Air Force Base. Well, it's a default. So you spend your whole life moving every couple of years, and then it comes time to hang it up, and you are already settled. And when you've got the beach and you've got a great community and it feels comfortable and you're looking for how to transition and do something uh, worthwhile in the private sector, you know, Tampa's a good place. And this bar that we are at, it is just packed with military members. It's a first responder bar, actually. So if you serve your nation or your community, you know, this is the kind of place this we're going to celebrate that. We have a lot of uh, law enforcement. We have got our firemen who come here and those that uh, have sons or daughters that are serving. So it's a, a wide open place for great Americans. You have certainly served this country with great distinction. And on this Memorial Day weekend, and I've said this many times, it is almost offensive to me when I hear people say Happy Memorial Day or I see TV commercials you know, celebrating Memorial Day with a special sale. I think we have really gotten away from what Memorial Day is all about. It's not just about a barbecue or the start of summer. I really believe right now that there should be a mandatory moment of silence, one minute for the entire country at noon on Memorial Day and just stop to reflect on the great sacrifices, those that remain forever young on the battlefield. Yeah. Yeah, there's deep sentiment on a, on a day like this. And you're exactly right. We've got other occasions that you celebrate. We've got Armed Forces Day. We've got Veterans Day. Um, and we, you know, celebrate, uh, you know, victory in Europe Day and victory in uh, the Pacific. But Memorial Day is kind of a reflective observance and uh, and it cuts several different ways you know the opening scenes of saving private ryan you've got an old gentleman kneeling at the grave of someone who saved his life basically in that horrible engagement over the beaches in normandy and you're in the field we tend to take the job uh, on a day-to-day -day basis you don't dwell on your losses when you're forward and we've been continuously at war for over 10 years now ever since 9-11 and there's folks that are deploying and redeploying and almost you get velocitized like you're used to driving fast on the highway you don't notice how fast you're going because the, right. the scenery is flashing by so fast you know, I can remember 
walking into some units saying, hey, boys, you know, we're losing a lot of folks here, and we're at about a 30% casualty rates. It's, my experience is dated. It's 03, 06 time frame. But, you know, are you, are you okay? Do we need to pull back? We, I was sitting in air condition uh, control, you know, operations center. I wasn't on the, you know, forward lines. Do we need... Do we need to bring you off the line? Do we need to stand down for a while? We need to take a rest. We need to evaluate how we're, we're taking risk. And, uh, you know, our military profit and loss comes, we special operations, we were night ops. So at daybreak, uh, you shut down your activity and you're hearing the rotors winding down the helicopters and the troops are coming off their birds. You can hear their gear dragging on the ground as they're going back to their huts. And then you start looking at, all right, what was our take? And then what did it cost us tonight? And it's a quiet, reflective moment. Uh, you know, we're going to have a cigar tonight, your cigar, Dave. Um, in Afghanistan, at our op center, we built a pad outside. We put some rosin chairs out there. And uh, at the end of the day, you'd go outside, watch the, watch the sun come up, smoke that cigar, and uh, salute those that aren't coming home tonight and think through all of the ramifications of that. So, you know, mem Memorial Day... It tugs at those kind of memories. I can remember every time I would rotate back to the United States, I'd go through Walter Reed and I'd visit the families. Right. And I'm looking at broken soldiers. And I looked at one young kid riddled with uh, shell fragments. He was in a grenade fight. He came up on a building. And there were six guys on top, and they threw grenades down. And, you know, the fact that he was alive was amazing. What, you know, what would he be able to preserve from his life to be determined? And the families, it was, it was very distinctive message each family would give me. And that was, we are, we're proud of our son or daughter. They are proud of the work that they have done. If they can, they want to get back to their unit. Just promise me, General Scott, that this will not have been done in vain. Right. Promise me that... Things that we're going to have to deal with long-term just aren't worth nothing. Make it count. And every incursion we've been in, you look at World War One, you look at World War Two, you look at uh, going into Afghanistan and, and, and also Iraq, we've never gone in to take, to conquer lands or properties. We've gone in to liberate and allow those people freedom and rebuild. I don't know of too many other countries where when you go in, a fight a war, you then go back in and say, great, now we have to rebuild it, just like we did in World War II, like we did in Afghanistan and Iraq. And, uh, you know, this week we saw ISIS now coming in close to Baghdad, taking over cities, and it must, as the person who has put our troops into harm's way to do the mission, to see that just being abandoned for no reason uh, is just, it's, it's got to be devastating. As a nation, we have a responsibility to make sure whenever we're going to send somebody out onto a battlefield, it's for a good reason. Right. And we've got the moral courage to follow through. You're exactly right. And I tell you, Dave, it's not only about the bad things you read in the newspaper. I can't tell you how many truly heroic people I've met who are Afghan citizens or they're Iraqis. I've got letters from them, and they say, you know— uh, We'll never be able to experience the kind of nation that you've got and the freedom that you've got and the security that you've got, but we can tell you how much we appreciate you coming here and fighting with us. For 35 years, we never had the chance. 
And because you are here now and you have helped us, we think we have a chance. And we will never forget the blood that our brothers from a different country have left in our homeland so that we might, you know, have a chance to get through this. And the same thing, and, you know, I could tell you a million stories, well, overstating, but several stories of, uh, of sacrifice from those that we fight with overseas. I saw the Afghanistan, uh, Afghanistan president, or premier, pr- prime minister, speak to Congress not that long ago. Uh, and he was very eloquent and very thankful to the United States and the United States citizens. I thought it was 180 from Karzai. Uh, and yet, you look, the Afghanistan people, and the people in Iraq, they don't want to live under these brutal regimes. They don't want to live under ISIS. But unfortunately, sometimes they can't defend themselves. And we were there, and we could have kept a small, a small force. And unfortunately, we had a commander-in-chief that didn't listen to the experts. Uh, in a rush to get out and look nobody I don't think any American wants to go in any country and 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 fight war unless it's absolutely necessary but when you do go just like World War II we couldn't just go and then pick up and leave we had to make sure the Nazis were done and that the countries were in the process of being rebuilt yeah and um, you know what you commit your forces to if the nation's judgment is that we have done enough that, I'm okay with that. No, I, I, the, the most fervent anti-war people probably are those in uniform. The folks who would prefer, hey, we, we really would, you know, we'd be happy if we didn't have to do this. But once you commit to it, there's so much you can do just by keeping the resolve. The message you send, you know, the world is looking for leadership, and these are important things that we stand for, and you mentioned it. We're not here to conquer. We're here to... Uh, promote freedom and our values. Well, Major uh, General Scott, I'd like to keep you to the next segment because we're going to conduct the National Cigar Litation and Libation Ceremony here today from the Bad Monkey, your watering hole here in Ybor City. And I want to continue our discussion because on this weekend, I know that our audience uh, is extremely patriotic and they are extremely cognizant of what the true meaning of Memorial Day is. So we appreciate you sharing your experiences. We're very lucky, Lieutenants, today because we've got the man who was in charge of special operations here in the Cigar City, one of us, a fellow cigar connoisseur uh, and a great American, and we will continue front and center as we observe Memorial Day. Cigar Dave Officers Club selection this month is the classic cigar, Havana Blend, from Gurkha Cigars. This cigar has been perfected using a proprietary binder and filler with 20 different tweakings of the blend to get it just right. Not a member of the Officers Club? Get premium cigars shipped directly to you every month by signing up today at CigarDave.com. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. 
Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. Enjoy the latest and greatest cigars shipped directly to you. Join the Cigar Dave Officers Club now, and you'll receive three premium cigars every month. Membership is just $22.95, including shipping and handling. Join by going to CigarDave.com now. That's CigarDave.com. Click on Officers Club. With an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy, it's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. And it's only appropriate on this Memorial Day observance show uh, here today that we play the Armed Forces medley in the background. And at the American Cemetery overlooking Omaha Beach, there is an inscription and it says, these endured all and gave all that justice among nations might prevail and that mankind might enjoy freedom and inherit peace. And so, in their memory, in the spirit of every member of the military that gave their life in service of our great nation, we honor them today, we memorialize them during the National Cigar Lictation Ceremony. And I have pulled out the May Officers Club selection, it is the Classic Cigar Havana Blend by East India Trading Company. It is a division of Gurkha Cigar. And this is a cigar that was launched last July at the Cigar Retailers Convention. When Kaiser Hansosha handed me one to try, I looked at it, just the feel of it. Nice dark-looking Maduro wrapper. I said, Kaiser, I haven't taken a puff yet, and it looks like a fantastic cigar. And this is indeed a, an artisan cigar because they went through hundreds of blends to get to the final 20, and then they tweaked it and tweaked it. The end result is a complex, medium to full-bodied box press cigar. Smokes like a masterpiece. Notes of earth, nutty flavors. Just has been an instant hit from the get-go. Uses a San Andrean a Mexican wrapper, which has a lot of spice, beautiful Maduro, a dark wrapper, proprietary binder and filler made down in Nicaragua and when I was speaking to Kaizad Hansosha and Carlos Yaka yesterday I was telling them that I was going to be doing a special Memorial Day tribute show with some very uh, significant people from the military including our special guest right now Major General David Scott and he said General I want to send a box of the classic cigar Havana blends for you to share with all the other members of the military that are going to be with you tomorrow at the Bad Monkey. And that's exactly what he did. Came in via FedEx this morning, and I pulled out the Robusto size. Beautiful cigar. It's in the uh, 
about uh, $9 to $11 category. Just a great stick. That's what we'll enjoy today. Cigar-altering and highly sharpened leaf-exposing device. Self-sharpening double-edged stainless steel guillotine ready for action. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. Got my special culinary torch. I got this for $7.92 when I was up in the Western New York Theater of Operations at Wegmans Supermarket. Normally, like 30 bucks, they had three left. Couldn't resist. Big, uh, almost looks like a, a hand grenade, but I brought this with me, and it works like an absolute charm, and that's what I will use today on my classic cigar Havana blend by Gurkha's East India Trading Company. Cigar pre-lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. Perfect cut. I will now toast the foot of this cigar and Major General David Scott. I want you to partake as well. I got it. Now, we were talking for just a few minutes before we came back on the air, and I mentioned to you that we have many of our great service men and women who listen to us via CigarDave.com and our mobile app across the world. And the two most popular items they request from home, cigars and coffee. And we said it exactly at the same time. So you know it's the absolute truth. And they all said the same thing. When we're in a hellhole, when we're in, yeah. a, in, in, a, in a, a ditch somewhere, the one thing that brings us a little taste of home Cigars and coffee. Absolutely. And I always say, doesn't matter what the cigar is, doesn't matter where you are, it's just the fact that you're enjoying that camaraderie. Whether you are a general or you are a private, makes no difference. And these are good, Dave. Uh, You know, it's a box press. I don't know if you mentioned that Uh as you were talking about it. Those are hard to get here. You're in the Cigar City. I mean, we were the world's leading manufacturer. A million and a half cigars a month, hand-rolled right here in Ybor City. Right. And a good box press like this and a Robusto, you know, doesn't take you forever to smoke it. But it's a nice, pleasant size. And this torch yours, that looks like the uh, throttle on an F-16. So well done with that. Very nice. Well, I'm a private pilot. I haven't flown the F-16. However, if I could get my hands on one, I most certainly would fly that. No doubt about it. Now, being in the Air Force, were you a pilot to start with? Flew C-130s. C-130s, the Hercules. Great transport airplane. It's been around for what now, 50 years? Yeah, I think they were designed in the late 50s, 55 or so. And when you think about it, that was before all the fly-by-wire technology, the glass cockpits, and yet they are a workhorse. They're like a 727 and a DC-3. They just work. Yeah, I used to run the training center in Little Rock. It's where all the C-130 air crews get their initial qualification. And we got the old Vietnam birds. So they were, uh, you had 64 on the tail, which meant that was the year that they came off the assembly line some of the oldest birds that was the year i was born hey buddy (laughs) yep those airplanes have been to vietnam you know in special ops we used to uh reconfigure the airplanes uh, over and over and over again we had some birds that were so bent you step into them and you immediately go down to the rudder trim and just roll in about four seconds because you're in triple nickel and that hit the (laughs) berm trying to come out of desert one and uh, bent the airplane so you just know what you need to do incredible i remember uh, i lived in baltimore and used to fly out of martin state airport and the national guard was there and i saw a c-130 that had a rocket on the end and it took off, and all of a sudden you heard yeah. this afterburner, and it went straight up. It's called JATO, Jet Assisted Takeoff. JATO, yes. That thing was loud, and I looked at it saying, holy yeah. smokes, that has got to be some ride going up. What was that like? I never never used it. Navy still does. Fat Albert flies around with the sure. Blue Angels, and yep. they still put the JATO packs on. 
But I'll tell you, the new J model, uh, new Lockheed airplane, it's got the scimitar blades. Uh, looks right. like an old Hercules, but it's a completely different aircraft. Right. So I got invited up before I left active duty, went up to their uh, Marietta, Georgia factory, and the test pilot came out and we flew that thing. Just amazing. Glass cockpit and power. So we were heavy, pushed the throttles forward, and we were maybe 2,000 feet over the end of the runway looking down at the numbers. So very impressive. You miss flying? You know, I don't. Uh, it was my time. I had fun while I did it. My uh, latter part of my career I spent with a joint special operations activities and the older i got the less uh flying i did right but i got to work with uh, tremendous army navy air force marine personnel and a lot of our law enforcement folks now i mean it's more than a military job to secure our national interests right so more and more activity did a lot with state department we did uh, department of treasury and commerce and a lot with department of justice fbi and our foreign partners as General Patton, one of the greats, used to say, if we could get the politicians out of the way, everything would be fine. Ah, <laughs> uh, man, I think if we get the average person up out of the seat and uh, look at what's important, right. uh, everything will be fine. Right, and, and I really say you can't beat, look, you're on the front lines. There's nothing like being right there and seeing. And if we could get some of the politicians and the commanders-in-chief to get to the front line and see what's going on, I think things would be uh, dramatically different. Uh, General Scott, let's talk about... Exactly what is the Joint Forces, the uh, Center for Special Operations? What does it do? Well, at, uh, I'm, again, I've been retired since 2009. But what Special Operations does, it is unique among all the Department of Defense activities in that it has this global mission. Uh, you know, Strategic Command is about the only other combatant command that does that. But they're on kind of the high end. The nuclear mission and a right. lot of strategic intelligence and activities like that. So the low end of that, you know, totem pole of activity is down there in special operations. Uh, we use the term by, with, and through. If you can go into a place, small numbers, unobtrusively, blend in, the, in with the environment, uh, you speak the language, you understand the culture, you know how to communicate, you're there long enough to uh, make an impact at a personal level, and then you encourage whoever it is you're working with to take uh, charge of the situation and the place where they live. You know, who knows best about what's going on in a uh, combat zone overseas than the folks who live there. Uh, so that, in this command, that's always been kind of the holy grail. If we can indirectly influence things before the sound of the guns, and that's a real, that's a real success. You know, it's very interesting because when you take a look at World War II, you knew who the enemy was. They wore uniforms. You knew it. Today, the enemy lends in. They don't wear uniforms. They don't fight, uh, as General Patton say, the honorable way. Right. Uh, it's a very different war that we're fighting, which right. requires different resources and a different mentality. And a couple thoughts on that, Dave. One is that these guys are deliberately masking their uh, vulnerable points with innocence. So you can't get after them without going through some innocent people, and they know we're sensitive to that. Um, you know, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a challenge to find the signature. These, these folks, they know how we operate. They deliberately obscure their activity in a normal daily profile. 
And all of our intelligence systems are kind of aligned to look for a certain type of signature or something that we're used to seeing or that we've seen before. And these, these extremist adversaries that we face right now who would love nothing more than to burrow into our home society Absolutely. and uh, you know, show up there and surprise us, uh, you really got you really got to applaud our civilian law enforcement agencies for intercepting so much of this. Uh, we're, we're still living in an open society here. So uh, you know, that's a tough, tough job, and they're doing well. No question. And, and when you think of how life has changed after 9-11, dramatically. I mean, we, we never we go to airports, but you never really thought, you know, somebody was going to take uh, control of airplanes. You never really thought they were going to go into workplaces like we saw at Fort Hood. And it requires a totally different way of thinking and addressing who the enemy is. And, and uh, you know, we, we cherish our freedom. And, and the thought that we would have to have that freedom impinged, I think, is a frightening option. And, and so there's a very fine balance. But uh, I always say that, you know, the key is, and, and you know this, you got to fight them and you know, over, keep the battlefield over there, not necessarily here in our homeland. And uh, yeah. it's getting more difficult to do that. And, you know, we used to, when we were flying around, we used to call it the kill chain. You know, you can uh, armor your airplane up, and so when a missile blows up right under your wing, you can survive it. Or maybe you can confuse that missile coming at you by playing with its seeker. Or maybe you can obscure the radar that's acquiring your airplane. And the farther you go towards whoever's going to shoot at you, you're getting upriver in the kill chain. So what you're talking about is defeating this enemy before they, they get underway and get too mature in their planning or their, uh, their, in their intent to come after us. General uh, uh, Scott, on Monday here at the Bad Monkey uh, watering hole for, as you say, first, respons- first responders, military personnel, anything special that will be conducted here, I'm sure, with all the men and women from our armed forces that it, that that patronize this uh, establishment? Well, as you said at the opening of the show, this, uh, this is a little bit of a sober day for us. Um, I have a good friend uh, who has Tampa Bay Brewing Company across the street here in right. Ebor, John Doble. Uh, his son was a ranger, and he's, he's passed. He's no longer with us. So we, we have had a tradition of reciting the Ranger Creed, and normally he brings a small circle of people together, and maybe we'll go in the corner of the brewery and, and just – shake each other's hand, look in each other's eyes, and then uh, we'll read, which is a pretty patriotic statement of what it means to be a United States Ranger. Um, I'm going to be down at Valencia Lakes uh, giving an address. A lot of us will have uh, local picnics in the neighborhoods that we live in, and some folks will just kind of sit in the back porch with the family and remember uh, friends that they can't toast anymore uh, or... Well, there's over a million of our men and women in the armed forces who are uh, no longer with us who, who, as Marv Levy once said, remain forever young on the battlefield. Right. And on Monday, we may not know them personally. We may not have there many years before that we were even around. But to every one of them, I think it's imperative that we do remember, uh, remember them on Monday. And I really would like to see in our, our nation's schools the Friday before Memorial Day, maybe an entire day or half day devoted to what Memorial Day is all about and the sacrifices that so many have made for, uh, for this nation. And, and regrettably, I don't think we teach enough 
American history in the schools, World War II history, and 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 uh, uh, other wars that this country has been in. And I always say, I think a one year of mandatory service, whether it is in the armed forces or whether it is serving your country, would do great for everyone. And I know the day I turned 18, I went to the post office and signed up for selective service. They wouldn't take me in the Air Force, General. And the reason is I wore, I had, I think, 2180 vision. I, I wore glasses and contacts. My understanding is now, and I have LASIK now, I could get in today with no problem. Back then, see what they missed, General? Hey. <laughs> we would have loved to have you <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, uh, General, I know that we've got some other great uh, special guests that are lined yeah. up. And uh, we appreciate uh, your hospitality here tonight at the Bad Monkey and being able to te- talk to so many yeah. uh, people who are in the armed forces actively and uh, who are retired. And uh, we, we really enjoyed having you on. Major General David J. Scott, United States Air Force, retired. Last command was as the Deputy Director, Center for Special Operations, U.S. Special Operations Command, McDill Air Force Base, here in the Cigar City of Tampa. When we continue, lieutenants, we will enjoy some special libations. One of the... Uh, Boutique Breweries is happens to be here at the Bad Monkey today, so we'll sample some of theirs, including one that is very appropriate for Memorial Day. I am Cigar Dave, the General. We continue our special observance of Memorial Day 2015. Honoring those who gave their lives for the ideals of this great country, we proudly observe Memorial Day on the Cigar Dave Show. The new Romeo Inejo by Romeo y Julieta is crafted with a passion grown through time. Its double-fermented 2008 vintage tobaccos find their perfect companion with a stock-cut dark Connecticut wrapper. Together, they're aged in unique cedar cojones for a bold, sophisticated experience featuring notes of coffee and dark chocolate. Experience the timeless passion of the Romeo Inejo today at your local tobacconist. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause lung cancer and heart disease. I did it at work, right there at my desk when my boss wasn't looking. I did it in bed. My wife was asleep next to me. I did it on the living room couch. It just started when my in-laws walked in and saw me. You can always discuss premium cigars on the premier online cigar club, MontecristoSocialClub.com. Join MontecristoSocialClub.com to connect with a network of social club members across the country who love premium cigars as much as you do. Receive a free new member welcome gift and membership card when you sign up at MontecristoSocialClub.com. I was doing it at a football game. They showed me on the Jumbotron. The Monte Cristo Social Club is an online membership club for adults age 21 and up. Surgeon General's warning, cigar smoking can cause lung cancer and heart disease. In this difficult and challenging time, when the government is trying to outlaw premium cigars and take away the art form of enjoying a beautiful cigar, we decided to introduce our brand called Prohibition. This cigar is going to be the bootlegger's dream. A gorgeous cigar made in Esteli, Nicaragua, triple cap, using a broadleaf wrapper, and a Mexican wrapper from the San Andreas Valley. It's got Nicaraguan tobaccos from the Nicaraguan valleys of Esteli and Jalapa. It's rich, it's complex, it's got some spice, some white pepper, 
and a ton of sweetness. Full of flavor, this cigar is one that you're going to want to enjoy and you're going to bootleg. And that's why it's called Prohibition. Enjoy it. I promise you're going to love it. We remember all servicemen and women who paid the ultimate price serving our country. We at the Cigar Dave Show thank all who serve. And we will never forget. Could go on hours and hours with Major General David Scott. Uh, we're here at the Bad Monkey, which is an odd name, especially as we observe Memorial Day. But this is a military watering hole here in the Cigar City of Tampa. And I've uh, just had the chance to talk to some of our great uh, members of our armed forces. And uh, what an honor indeed. And we did not conduct a libation ceremony during the litation ceremony. And the reason is we wanted to save it uh, for this segment. And I'm joined by... The owner of Barley Moe Brewing in Largo, Florida, right across uh, Tampa Bay from the Cigar City of Tampa, Jay Digman, and we've got uh, Tom Barris. Gentlemen, first of all, uh, Jay, tell me, Barley Moe, what's that named after? Uh, the name comes from a 14th century Gaelic drinking song, which is it's basically a celebration and a toast to the harvest of barley for making whiskey and beer. You got me on whiskey and <laughs> beer, too. So let's talk first uh, about uh, the brewery. Started three years ago. We did. Uh, we started in, uh, in 2011. Uh, my wife and I opened the first part. We opened a, a small Irish pub and uh, configured it with a 75-gallon system, uh, basically brewing beer the hard way. Um, we did that for a couple of years, and it was uh, taken off so well that in February of last year, we bought a 21,000-square-foot building and put in a full-blown production facility where we can uh, distribute statewide from there. Excellent. Now, because we are observing Memorial Day, the... Men and women who served our country and uh, uh, no longer with us. We want to do something special, and you just introduced a very special new ale from Barley Moe Brewing Company. That's right. We uh, everything that we do is inherently uh, born and bred in the USA. Everything, all our tanks are American made. Uh, so, in honor of that, uh, we released a new beer this month called uh, Americana Ale. Uh, it's a golden ale. It's 4.8 percent. Uh, very easy drinking. It's the lightest beer that we offer. Um, and basically, it's just super approachable and designed to go anywhere that you want to drink beer in Florida. Let me do a toast here uh, as I get ready to sample this Americana Golden Ale from Barley Mo Brewing Company. Toast to all the men and women who serve no longer with us. We say cheers in their memory today. And I've got a, just a sample cup, but you've got a real glass. <laughs> but I will take a sip. Cheers. Mm. Oh, this is beautiful. Beautiful for Thank summer. Thank you very much. Notes of uh, almost honey night type notes, sweetness, just very mellow. No, no hoppiness at all on the palate. That's right. So tell me about this. Uh, basically, what it is is it's a you know it's a it's an easy drinking ale. Uh, so there's you know we we basically ferment it out at about 65 degrees. There's a little bit of wheat into it. Uh, not a, a lot of hop profile, but the hops that we do add to it add a little bit of a citrus profile. And that's basically what it's designed is to be a, a super approachable, easy, all-around beer. Whether you're on the golf course, or you're at the beach, you're on your boat, wherever it is. Uh, we're actually just about to start canning, and that's one of the first beers we're going to put in cans. It, it's got, you can tell it's a nail, but it really has a lot of lager qualities. It sure does. Very smooth. Yep. Very you. smooth. Uh, so, real quickly, let's go. Give me your other, more, more, what's the other most popular beer that you have right now from Barley Mo Brewing? All right. Then the other one that's uh, probably, it's our flagship uh, this, this looks like a Maduro, which is a dark <laughs> beer, okay? Well, this one's called the Unkindness. Uh, it's an American black ale. A lot of people think of it as a black IPA. 
It's 7.4% alcohol by volume. It's uh, dark as night, and it's a little bit on the hoppy side. It is, but there's no real bitterness, hoppiness on the palate. If you love espresso, you will love this beer. Yep. It's a nice, smooth finish. There's not a lot of back flavor on it, and uh, we, uh, we, 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 really, we really think a lot of that one for sure. So, Tom, the beer from Barley Moe, available now anywhere in the state of Florida. Uh, we're up all the way from Largo all the way to Jacksonville right now. Jacksonville. Okay, so people around the country, are, are you able to ship to other places across the country? Not really. No. Not, not, not quite yet. yet. Not quite yet, but you will. <laughs> we will. All right, well, we would love to have you when we do our Cigar Oktoberfest to do our show maybe right from your brewery or have you in Humidor 1A. And uh, great beers, guys, and congratulations. Americana Golden Ale from Barley Mow Brewing Company. Jay Dingman, the uh, proprietor. Thomas Barris. Their uh, regional rep, Barley Mo Brewing. Lieutenants, hour number one of this special edition of the Cigar Dave Show. As we observe Memorial Day, hour number two will come your. We've got some incredible guests. One featured guest. Do not go anywhere. This is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the Cigar City of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. Well, this is indeed a special weekend. It is not just a time to dip in the pool, play golf, throw a hot dog or burger on the grill. It is far more important than that. We know that. Those of us that are members of the Alpha Army, those of you that have listened to this show for 20 years or however many years you've listened, you know that we observe Memorial Day on the Cigar Dave Show in the manner in which it was intended. And that is to pause, salute, pay tribute to the soldiers who lost their lives defending this nation, whether it was the 4,435 soldiers in the American Revolution, the 2,260 soldiers of the War of 1812, the 498,332 soldiers of the Civil War, the 405,399 soldiers in World War II, and I can go on and on, but one million of them paid the ultimate price in service of us, of this nation, so that we on this weekend could enjoy the freedoms. So if you choose to go play golf, if you choose to go to a baseball game, you can do so in freedom, the American way of life. But I ask you, again, on Monday pause at noon and pay tribute to the 1.2 million American servicemen and women who paid the ultimate price. We do not forget that. And we are coming to you on this special edition of the Cigar Dave Show today from the Bad Monkey in Ybor City. I know it sounds a little crazy, the name of the place, especially you're probably saying, wait a minute, General, hold on a second. You're observing Memorial Day. The Bad Monkey sounds a little bit odd. Well, the owner of the Bad Monkey is a retired general. We had him on in the first hour, Major General David Scott. And this is a bar, a watering hole, a tavern in which 
men and women of the armed forces patronize. They hang out, and we have been here for the last few hours meeting some great people. And one of the people that we have just had a chance uh, to meet who is joining us now is Master Sergeant Scott Neal of the 5th Special Forces Group. Originally Fort Campbell, Kentucky, but he was transferred to McDill Air Force Base. Mm -hmm. And like everyone else that comes to McDill in Tampa, when he retired, never left. And he also served as the strategic director of the Green Beret Foundation, and we will talk about First of all, Master Sergeant Neal, honored to have you here on the Cigar Dave Show on this special Memorial Day tribute. Well, thank you very much, and, and it is a great day in Tampa. And the, the entire weekend, even though it seems like one big festival of, of family fun and getting together, especially for the veterans here and the conference that's just in town, the Special Ops Industry Conference, to take the time now and just kind of remember and reflect those you've been with and those you've served with and those you've lost is very important. Now, the Special Ops uh, Industry Conference has been going on all week in, in the Cigar City of Tampa. Tell us about that. Sure. So, uh, just as it says, industry conference. So, special operations need black helicopters. They need many submarines, those rifles that uh, Chris Kyle, the American sniper, shot. So, uh, the headquarters of special operations is here at McDill. It has some very unique authorities that it can acquire its own special operations equipment. So, even though they don't make the helicopter, they make the helicopter blacker, faster, you know, uh, evading equipment and everything. So it brings a lot of vendors into town. What you also see is I like to call it a quickening. A lot of former special operators who may be in the industry or former commanders like General Scott because they bring back all the old generals to talk about the status of the war, the equipment and everything because there's a tremendous amount of human capital and brain trust uh, that emerges on Tampa the whole week. And when you think about it, you know, those of us that live here in the Cigar City, we almost take for granted McDill Air Force Base and uh, uh, Central Command and SOCOM. But this is a really an important hub for the safety of the United States and really the world right here in our backyard. Well, it is. And if you think about, you know, one, there's, there's a sign of how many general officers are here. So that shows you the importance. You know, you've got a collection of four stars. You've got three stars, two stars. You've got an entire solar system of commanders here. And they are directing the nation's conflict on terrorism right now globally and also within the Middle East. So, you know, Tampa is not only economically tied to McDill, okay, but as you said, we all retire here. Tampa area inherits this nation's finest warriors who end up residing here. And the Tampa Bay area is probably uh, one of the top three or four veterans communities in the entire country. And it happens to be the Cigar City, and you are a cigar connoisseur as well, as most <laughs> yes, everyone I here am. in this uh, Bad Monkey Bar uh, today. And uh, we were talking, we we're talking with Major uh, General Scott. We have a lot of listeners that are in Afghanistan and uh, Iraq, and I want to talk about that because you serve there. And the one, the two most popular items in the battlefield they want from home, cigars and coffee. Yes. And I say that when you think about a cigar, it's rudimentary. There's nothing fancy about it. Yet for an hour, you get to forget about uh, the misery that's really going on, that you're in the theater of operations when you can just light up, tell some stories, and have a couple of laughs in a very difficult situation. Well, I think, you know, once again, every... Every cigar has a great conversation inside of it. So you take the time to light a cigar with your friends. You reflect for the day. Um, you really slow down your brain because the pace of war is very complicated. And you've got all of your friends that are still doing missions that night. And But to come together and take the time to light a good cigar and enjoy it 
uh, it, it's kind of that peaceful, you know, reflection of, of an evening. Okay, it's not for breakfast, but it could be. It could be. Uh, but then at the end of the day, really, it, it, it makes you slow down and, and really reflect what you did for the day. Now let's talk about your distinguished career. Master Sergeant, 5th Special Forces mm-hmm. Group, originally Fort Campbell, Kentucky. You were one of the first in Afghanistan and Iraq. I certainly was, and, and I, I tell the story you know, quite a bit. When 9-11 happened, we thought it was part of a training exercise. We didn't know because we were getting ready to deploy that, um, that 9-11 happened because we were isolated from the news. And it wasn't until about three or four hours later that somebody came into our, our building and said, no, it's for real. And we uh, instantly knew we were at war. We were one of the first ones in. That's why the, we were able to react so fast, so fast. That in the first 90 days of the war, the less than 300 special operators had thrown out the Taliban, Al-Qaeda, and were already inserting a new government. That's how fast 300? 300. That's incredible. Tell us about that. Well, what it is is, you know, as the country was trying to know how to get into the mountains of Afghanistan, they actually sent in the first couple teams to hide in the mountains for six months, was their mission statement, and build an underground guerrilla army. And when the rest of the military comes in, you're going to support him with your guerrillas over the mountains and you're going to attack. So that was the, you know, quick wave top battle plan. Well, as soon as the first two teams landed and they connected with the Northern Alliance and and, uh, a few of the militias, they're like, no, 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 we're attacking now. And it just created so much momentum that threw the Taliban off. They didn't have time to entrench, you know what I mean, And, and, and harden their positions. So, so much momentum so fast that really within 45 days they had secured the north. Thousands upon thousands of Taliban were captured, which ended up being, you know, local peasant farmers that were conscripted. And then in the south, uh, even more special forces teams, which are only 12-man teams. That's it. 12-man at a time, yeah, the A-team, if you remember back in the day. That's right. And you're a force multiplier. 12 men can raise an army of a thousands, And you motivate them to stand up for their own rights and their own you know, uh, own identity, and they kicked out and displaced the Taliban. That's how fast it was. Our special guest is uh, Master Sergeant Scott Neal, 5th Special Forces Group, originally Fort Campbell, Kentucky, retired here down at McDill Air Force Base in Tampa. Now, Master Sergeant, 9-11 was the first time the American homeland was attacked since Pearl Harbor. Right. December 7, 1941. And on September 11, 2001, Certainly emotions were very high. Tell us about the emotions when you got the call and you made, uh, made the trek to Afghanistan. So once again, you know, we thought it was a training exercise, and then we learned it was very much for real. And you get a very sharp focus, okay? The family. Now imagine instantly you're at war. And so now how do you prepare the family, okay? How do you prepare yourself mentally? How do you show leadership to the rest of your team members who may be younger, at the time, the average age of a special operator that went in was 36 years old. We were, you know, already had been around the block. You had all those conflicts in the 90. And, you know, that was the professionalism as we went in first to really be successful. It wasn't all that technology. Remember, you know, 14 years ago, it wasn't about drones. There was only two drones even built That's back it. then. 
it was a sure willpower, the American fighting soldier, that came in and just dominated the battle space. We're talking uh, today on our special Memorial Day observance edition of the Cigar Dave Show. Master Sergeant Scott Neal, he was in the 5th Special Forces Group right in Afghanistan, one of the first, uh, first men in. Honor to have him today. We're coming to you from the uh, Bad Monkey in Tampa, owned by Major General David Scott, retired and... We're just surrounded by great military people. And, uh, Master Sergeant, I'd like you to keep your right where you are when we come back. I want to pick it up and talk about your training and your background and uh, how things developed in Afghanistan. We will continue our special Memorial Day observance on The Cigar Dave Show. Memorial Day is a time to reflect for those who fought for the USA and paid the ultimate price to ensure our freedom. From all of us at The Cigar Dave Show, we remember... And thank you. The sword, a symbol of strength, honor, and prestige. The sword, the symbol of Monte Cristo. Introducing the new Espada by Monte Cristo. Inspired by the superior craftsmanship of legendary sword makers, celebrating a unique collaboration between premium cigar authorities, blended by the Monte Cristo's talented Grupo de Maestros, crafted by the renowned Placencia family with vintage aged tobaccos. The first Monte Cristo made with 100% Nicaraguan tobacco. Rich, majestic, complex. The Espada by Monte Cristo, a cigar of pure taste, and true elegance. Try an Espada by Monte Cristo at your local tobacconist today. And visit us on Facebook and Twitter at The Cigar Life. Cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. The brand new Cigar Dave mobile app for both iPhone and Android devices is finally out. If you go right now, either to the iTunes store or the Google Play store, Search for Cigar Dave and download our brand new app. It allows you to listen to the show live on your mobile device. You can listen to all of our podcasts. The last 10 podcasts are always available. Cigar Dave Daily Briefings. Additionally, it gives you direct access within the app to our Twitter page, our Facebook page. We also have the ability for you to call the show during the show right from the app, as well as send me a text message and an email. We also put in a couple of bonus items. You can get a weather uh, uh, alert as well as an alarm clock. It is the brand new Cigar Dave mobile app. You can listen to the Cigar Dave show anytime, any place, anywhere. Go right now to the iTunes Store or Google Play Store and download the brand new Cigar Dave mobile app. America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. That's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. 
For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. Fighting soldiers from the sky Fearless men who jump and die Men who mean just what they say The brave men of the Green Beret Silver wings upon their chest These are men The Ballad of the Green Beret is so appropriate on this Memorial Day observance on the Cigar Dave Show. We are rejoined by Master Sergeant Scott Neal, 5th Special Forces Group, one of the first Special Forces members in Afghanistan. We're coming to you from the Bad Monkey, which is owned by a retired general of uh, SOCOM, big watering hole here in the Cigar City. And uh, Master Sergeant Neal, let me ask you, you, one of the first in... Tell us about your background, because to be special forces, you have to be amongst the elite. Well, you don't, you don't start out as the elite, right? You, you go through this kind of a process, and the process starts with selection. And selection is about three weeks long, you know, to, to, the Army has a test and evaluation program to find the right person. Because locked inside of you is somebody that, you know, is very entrepreneurial, okay? Very smart, very intuitive, could could go in and alone, but yet works well with others. And when you start selection, you start off on your individual skills. You run five miles or you rock 12 miles, and the guy with a clipboard doesn't tell you anything. They just tell you start here, go there, and finish. Then you start working with other people you've never known. You just have a number, and they give you tasks to complete as a team, and they're watching you the whole time, whether you're leading the team or you're following. And at the end of the selection process, uh, for example, I, I started with 320 other uh, fellow soldiers who wanted to be Green Berets. There was only 60 left at the end. Out of those 60, only 42 were actually selected to start training to become a Green Beret. And when you are a Green Beret, I mean, that you had so many predecessors before you. You really are the elite. Well, you are. And, and you know, the training you get is unparalleled. The investment of in this country to make a Green Beret, you're taught another language. Okay, You're taught to operate in an embassy environment or an austere location by yourself with limited communications. And you really are on the frontier for the country, almost you know Lewis and Clark-like. Uh, in any one time in the world, there are uh, Green Berets in 55 countries. Really? Yes, and you don't even know they're there. They're creating stability. They're doing projects with the local governments. They're connecting the tribes to government services. And if everything, you know, uh, Green Berets are doing their job, you don't have hot spots around the world. But sometimes you do, and we're the first to respond as well. And so when you think of 55 countries around the world, there are times when you probably get a moment's notice. You, you, don't, you don't tell you, by the way, you got 10 days to get ready. You've got 10 minutes. Well, sometimes, just like 9-11, right? That was just an unprovoked attack on America, and we responded instantly. Uh, we have specialized units that respond to worldwide global crises. Just think even Haiti. At the time when you had national disaster in Nepal, there were two special forces teams 
training in Nepal, they were the first ones there coordinating all of the world's responses. Because remember, they, the country was suddenly in chaos. Right. Government services were down, airports were down, and the Green Beret teams with their, their language skills and their communication skills really brought some stability and brought world services in. And on this Memorial Day, it is appropriate we remember there were three members of the, I believe, the Marines. Yes. Who were there on a humanitarian mission yes. to help out not to go conquer, not to go take territory, but to do what America does best, and that is help those countries. We're always the first to raise our hand and say, we'll go. And they did, and uh, unfortunately they lost their lives in a, in a helicopter accident. You know, and, and when you ask a soldier about their sacrifice, it's the tremendous amount of patriotism that comes with it. There's nobody unwilling. Nobody's unwilling serving. Sometimes you might get frustrated at a bad day of work, but you have an entire generation of soldiers that absolutely embrace the American idea, the patriotism, the belief of their country, so much so that they'll sacrifice themselves doing it. What's the one thing that you remember? Uh, you were in the, in the uh, Army for how many years? 25 years. 25 altogether. years. Mm -hmm. There's got to be one or two memories that must come back immediately. Okay. Well, I have a lifetime full of memories, but, you know, what I usually sit around the fire and smoke a cigar and talk about, this time I was in uh, Africa. I was up northern Kenya along the Somali border. We were doing a humanitarian mission. We are treating actual cattle uh, up there. They didn't eat beef. They would walk it around in circles. It was a tribal kind of monetary system, and they would have herds of 5,000 Brahma. And I remember just organizing the villagers. They don't know how to stand in the line. You know, they don't really? know how to organize or anything. And you've got the lions and tigers and bears trying to eat the cattle. Then you have the Somali pirates and things like that. And just to build relationships with these, you know, people who, you know, really are unplugged from the world and just see their simple lives. And what matters to them was family, you know, was, you know, their, their village and just, you know, being simple people. And you kind of miss that when you come back to America. We lose ourselves in this fast-paced world. And how do we just simplify again and get back to the basics? And no guns or grenades involved on that mission. Well, I sure had them. You, you know had what I mean? But, you know, that those are tools, okay? Just like any tool in your toolkit, especially for Green Beret, you know, we learn the language before we go in. We learn the cultural norms. We know how to break bread or share a goat or, you know, we'll share our supplies with them. Once you make that bond, okay, they're your security. They want you, you know, you, they take full responsibility with their lives that you're there in their village. And you really develop a bond with them. Yeah, it lasts a lifetime. So my memories, you know, I try to pass down to my son. My son joined the Army. He's going into Special Forces. It really is a family business. And it's unfortunate that less than, you know, 0.1% serve today. I agree with you. But, but the honesty... Uh, and the character and the morals and the commitment to the country, those things should be amplified because those that do serve, okay, it really isn't the paycheck. And it's really just pure service to the country. And I always say that I really think there should be a mandatory one year of service, whether you are in the military or service to the community or toward the country. I think that would make everybody have a, have a little different perspective and you wouldn't see all the rioting and everything else because everybody would have a vested stake. Well, a vested stake and a sense of purpose. You know, there's nothing more rewarding than having something higher in yourself. And what's missing today is we're all bombarded uh, with messages of self-indulgence and, and individualism. And once you go into the military, they strip that away and you're bare naked and you learn to become a team.
Master Sergeant Scott Neal, 5th Special Forces Group, retired and uh, was the strategic director of the Green Beret Foundation. We do the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest at the Hard Rock the Saturday before Thanksgiving. It's all day of cigars and food and libations. We do a live show. I would love for you to be my special guest front and center at the uh, Alpha Pleasure Fest at the Hard Rock. No, I'd love to do that. Number one, that's when my birthday is. Well, it's going to be a great birthday, and we'll celebrate it with you. We'll continue on the Cigar Dave Show. The May selection for the Cigar Dave Officers Club is the classic cigar Havana Blend from Gurkha Cigars. This cigar is a box-pressed, medium-body, full-flavor cigar, including earthy and nutty undertones. Made in Nicaragua, it's easy to join the Officers Club to have these cigars shipped directly to you. Just log on to CigarDave.com. Okay, people, we've just been awarded the Brickhouse Ad Account. Now, this cigar was named Best Bargain Cigar of 2009 by Cigar Aficionado, got a 91 rating, plus it's the hottest cigar on the market. So, we need an award-winning slogan. He's a brick. How? What about, it's not your grandfather's cigar? Ah, it's been done. Next? How about good to the last draw? Ah, something original, people. You deserve a brick today? Who are you? Do you even work here? Excuse me, sir. Am I to understand that every Brickhouse cigar is built with all the flavor and quality of the premium cigars of yesteryear? Yesteryear? Really? That's right, Bixby. But yeah, it costs around five bucks each. Indeed. Well, sir, people don't really need a slogan. They don't? No, sir. Then what do they need? Five bucks and a comfortable chair. Five bucks and a comfortable chair. Genius! Meet the perfect cigar to share with friends. Brickhouse by J.C. Newman. Handmade in Nicaragua with a fine Havana Subido wrapper. Brickhouse starts out earthy and crisp and burns well-rounded and smooth. Nothing stands the test of a good time like a Brickhouse. For more, visit BrickhouseCigars.com. Enjoy the latest and greatest cigars shipped directly to you. Join the Cigar Dave Officers Club now, and you'll receive three premium cigars every month. Membership is just $22.95, including shipping and handling. Join by going to CigarDave.com now. That's CigarDave.com. Click on Officers Club. Whether a soldier died in war or simply trying to preserve peace, their sacrifices should never be forgotten. We at the Cigar Dave Show are humbled by the sacrifices young men and women have made every day to preserve our freedoms. We will never forget you. I said earlier during the special edition of the Cigar Dave Show that we have a special guest, not a special, a incredibly special guest, and I am not lying. It is my distinct honor and privilege to welcome to this special edition of the Cigar Dave Show Rear Admiral Brian Losey, Commander, Naval Special Warfare Command, Coronado, California, one of the groups he oversees, the United States Navy SEALs. And Admiral Losey, it is an honor to have you. I appreciate you stopping by. You're in town for the special uh, operations industry conference uh, going on here in Tampa. Of course, home to McDill Air Force Base and uh, and Central Command Special Operations. And welcome to the Cigar City of Tampa. And you have a cigar in your hand. You're one of us. Thanks so much, Cigar Dave. It's nice to be here. Uh, Admiral, uh, th- you've been headed... Brian, please. 
Well, I can't do that. I got to call you Admiral Brian. How's that? Uh, your career is just absolutely incredible. I'm looking. It would take me a half an hour to go through your uh, resume here, but I'll let you tell us about your background, how you got in the uh, in the Navy, and and your incredible career. Yeah. Hey Dave, it's not nothing about my career other than I've been serving with great and wonderful people for 32 years uh, and 36 years total in the military. So um, this weekend uh, and the start of this weekend tonight is all about the service and sacrifice of the people that we all serve with uh, that represent America. So I appreciate uh, uh, the opportunity to talk to you and your audience uh, and to convey our appreciation for their support for all the people that have served uh, and have sacrificed, not just those people, but also their families. And, Admiral, I want to ask you, uh, the U.S. Navy SEALs certainly synonymous with some incredible missions. And as you said, you serve amongst great uh, men and women who, uh, you know, we always say the greatest generation World War II, but they're still here today. Yes, they are. And you see them. But tell us about uh, what the biggest challenges you face right now. Certainly, we're in a war on terror the world is a hot spot, but tell us about the biggest challenges you face in charge of Naval Special Warfare Command. Wow. So I think um, you know, our biggest challenge really is to make sure that we're taking care of our people. Our people are, are the most important resource that we have. Uh, our people are our flagship weapon system. Uh, our people are what get the job done. So making sure that we create an environment, uh, resource for them properly, uh, enable them to complete their mission uh, and serve America uh, in the way that, uh, that America needs to be served uh, is the biggest challenge. Making sure that, uh, uh, that we communicate well with, uh, with our superiors, with Congress, uh, so they understand uh, what we're trying to do, uh, how we view uh, the situations in the different conflict, uh, conflict spots in the world. Uh, and, then, and then we move out uh, and get things done. This isn't unique to the Navy SEALs. It's not unique to special operations or the Navy, but it is the whole of everyone who serves, uh, whether they're in police departments, fire departments, uh, public servants. We're all working together. And just some of your background, Admiral Losey, uh, you graduate master's degree in national security strategy from the National War College, graduate of the Defense Language Institute, the Armed Forces Staff College, and Air Command Staff College. Uh, your assignments have been... Uh, uh, all over the world, uh, Deputy Commander, Naval Special Warfare Task Group, U.S. 6th Fleet, Maritime Operations Officer, Deputy Chief of Current Operations in the Joint Special Ops Command, U.S. 7th Fleet Special Warfare Officer at USS Blue Ridge, uh, served in the Executive Office of the President as a Director of the National Security Council staff, bridging two administrations. What administrations did you serve? I served under President Bush and President Obama uh, at the NSC. And that must have been a unique experience, being at the highest levels of, uh, of this, uh, not only the, the nation, but of what goes on in the world. It was indeed a privilege, uh, but very different from serving with troops. Which did you prefer? I know the answer. <laughs> I know the answer already. Okay, then I won't have to answer it. Uh, with that's, the troops. That's pretty, I mean, with, 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 with the troops. And, and yeah. uh, So tell us your background. Tell Where us the, uh, when you started in the Navy. Well, I grew up in an Air Force family. My dad was a, a career NCO in the Air Force. Uh, my wife served in the Navy. She did 10 years as, a, as an NCO as well. Um, I mean, we come from a service background. Both my kids serve uh, in the United States Coast Guard today, uh, and I'm very proud of them. Uh, I'm proud to be a part of a, of a large organization, the Department of Defense, uh, where, where we all are oriented towards the same kinds of problems. It is all about the people. Uh, the assignments, the more words you use to describe whatever, whatever as I did in the past really are, are kind of irrelevant. It's been serving with great people for over three decades and well, being led by great people, I might add. Was there one 
person that uh, was involved in leadership that had uh, a big effect on you, a mentor, if you will? <laughs> I've had, I've had many, uh, and in fact, I don't, I don't necessarily learn. I learn from uh, from folks uh, junior to me as well as senior to me. Uh, every person has something to give and something to get, and so uh, you know, I could single out some individuals, but that wouldn't be fair to uh, to 32 years uh, worth right. of working with with great folks everywhere. Um, you know, everybody's on a path of growth. Uh, you know, there's people you change over time. Uh, I'm not the same guy. Uh, yeah, I've learned a lot of good stuff, I think, in, on how to take care of people. Uh, and that's been an evolutionary process. So uh, I credit everybody that I've served with in 32 years. Give us an idea of what uh, an average day is like as commander of Naval Special Warfare Command. <laughs> From the time you get up to the time you sleep, because I think people would be fascinated, because I'm sure you are bombarded with information nonstop. Okay, well, I'll give you a quick snippet of what what it is that we're responsible for doing. Uh, basically, recruit, assess, select, equip, train, certify for deployment, and program for a five year uh, a five year time frame. Uh, all the systems that we need to accomplish our mission on the battlefield. Uh, again, our most important resources are people. So how we select our folks, who we recruit, how we assess, move them into different pipelines, uh, how we continue to evolve them into leaders and folks that can that can take care of larger and larger tasks is really the coin of our realm. Uh, it is all about people. And good leadership should do more than produce an organization that's well-led. It should produce more good leaders. And that's what we're about, producing leaders. So give us an idea of what the average day is like. <laughs> it always starts we're, we're, off with PT. Got to get out, get a run in, get a bike in, get a lift in. And uh, Coronado, California, that's not the most difficult place to really have to do it. No, it's a wonderful place. Yeah, but, you know, every place has been uh, uh, has had its uh, positive features. But I am a West Coaster at heart, uh, and, I, and I, do, uh, I do enjoy where we're at right now. And you're from where originally? Uh, originally from Tacoma, Washington. Oh, you're from Tacoma? Pacific Northwest, yeah. Excellent. Seattle, Tacoma, SeaTac area. Very nice. Been at Tacoma a couple of times. Very nice uh, part of the country. Uh, so... What do you think, it, it, when, when you got the job, when you were promoted to this job, what was the biggest challenge when you walked into the office for the first time yeah. with the command? The biggest challenge every day is to do, to do the best that I can to, uh, to make a positive difference for the folks that, uh, that I serve with. Um, you know, because of the position, I get a, an opportunity to influence uh, how we're resourced, uh, to make a difference for the folks that are on the deck plates actually doing the work. So... Uh, the work that I do is different than the work that, uh, that folks that are in contact with the enemy do, uh, and I've never forget that, uh, that, that everything that I do or don't do has some influence uh, across the force. And so that's what keeps me motivated. That's our, our biggest challenge, um, and I love it. Special guest is Rear Admiral Brian Losey, Commander, Naval Special Warfare Command, also oversees the United States Navy SEALs. Uh, Admiral, we're in a continued war on terror. It doesn't end. It's 24 hours. Your job is 24 hours. Uh, always on call. The phone rings. You've got to be there to take it. As we look out the next couple of years, what is the biggest challenge? I think building depth in the network, the global network that's already been established of partners, uh, not just special operators, not just Department of Defense, uh, but our regional and host nation military counterparts around the world. Uh, beyond that, uh, 
fitting into a whole-of-government approach uh, as our government uh, seeks to, to create conditions that produce security and stability around the world. You know, the root causes of insecurity and instability that brought us 911, uh, if they've been mitigated at all, have only been mitigated to a certain extent. Uh, certainly not enough to stop uh, all, the, all the things that are going on. Right. Anybody can see that out there. So, again, going back to the importance of people, our ability to relate with our partners, our ability to produce effects with them, uh, to seek understanding and, and recognize that uh, sometimes we have different viewpoints. Uh, this is part of what we work into training our force. There's folks that can communicate, uh, that can operate in small groups independently and still achieve uh, our president's desired effects. And I would say that uh, being an admiral today is probably different than it was 30, 40, 50 years ago in World War II where the enemy isn't so defined. It's not like you see them in uniform. It's uh, different enemies around the world. Uh, and it, it, it's not where you're fighting one country or one group. This is around the world, and got to make sure we keep it off our own soil. It is that. You know, and, and in fact, we still have to be able to address the worst case uh, or the traditional case of, uh, of traditional uh, military threats of near-peer adversaries that operate uh, in ways that we're used to from, from previous world wars and conflicts. But indeed, today you have groups of individuals that are not associated with nation states that are super empowered through technologies and ideologies uh, to take actions, and, and it's challenging to deal with them through, uh, through the normal mechanisms. And so uh, it is a complex operating environment, one where we really haven't been able to shed some of the more traditional responsibilities. So I think the load has increased, uh, and with that, uh, the ability to empower uh, and trust our people, uh, trust the training that we give them, uh, to go out and take care of business that needs to be done. So, you know, you, you have uh, generally a, perhaps a view that, that senior guys direct a lot of things. And I'll tell you that I spend most of my time empowering uh, folks and providing resources so that they can get the job done because they're in the contact patch. They're the rubber that meets the road, and that's where the business gets done. As uh, you know, overseeing U.S. Navy SEALs, I would assume that while you're based in Coronado, California, your job is global in nature. So wherever the SEALs are, you know where they are, you're involved. That is, in fact, we, we produce a product. I'm a producer again. Uh, you know, we produce a wonderful product, I think, and it is for global utilization and for operations in a complex world. We had a chance to talk to some other uh, members of uh, special operations and some Navy SEALs. And one of the things that's interesting, it's not just about, and I said, guns and grenades. It's also humanitarian missions that Americans... The American Armed Forces are the first. When there's disaster, whether it's Nepal, whether it is a tsunami, whether it's an earthquake, we're front and center. That's what uh, Americans do, and that's certainly uh, something that I think tends to get overlooked. That's right. Again, Dave, back to the human dimension. You know, these are, these are people that are in these rough spots of the world. Uh, these are people, vulnerable populations that are in contact with violent extremists. Uh, we have to be able to provide more value than just security, uh, more than just bringing guns, but we have to be able to meet basic human needs. That's not what, what we do as Navy SEALs, but it's what we do in coordination with, with the interagency and with other governmental partners is to make sure that basic human needs are being met and humani uh, humanitarian assistance is being provided and that goodwill is generated from that. Tell us, a lot of travel involved? Are you traveling the world? I, you know, I travel uh, as I need to. Uh, the guys doing the business and the gals doing the business are the ones that really are doing the travel. I travel as I need to to, right. to gain perspective or to gain inputs on, on things that need to be done. Do you get the reports from the front lines so that when things need to be changed, you want to know about them? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's what we do. Good news and bad news. Always. Yeah. 
Always. There is no good news or bad news. There's only timely and accurate news that we can we can form form uh, solutions to. There you go. And uh, I know you're in town for the Special Operations Industry Conference, and we're here at the Bad Monkey, and, and we're commemorating Memorial Day in all those uh, 1.3 million men and women who served in our armed forces. And I always say that you don't celebrate Memorial Day, we observe Memorial Day. And on, right. on Monday, it's, it's imperative that we remember all those because there are a lot of sacrifices that are made. And uh, sometimes when people are out playing golf or throwing a burger on the grill, that's really not what Memorial Day is all about. Well said, Dave. I couldn't agree with you more. And tell us about your love of cigars. <laughs> that's an easy question. Well, I'm, you know, I'm enjoying a cigar here at Bad Monkey. That's right. Uh, the proprietor of whom I've, I've served with for three decades, and he gave over four decades of his life to serving the nation, so I can't think of a better way to observe Memorial Day, or at least the start of it, uh, this Memorial Day weekend, than being here with you all. And when you came in, did you ever think you'd be smoking cigars at a place called the Bad Monkey? I, You know, I had visions about doing that, <laughs> and, and the visions were realized. Well, I'll tell you, Major General David Scott has been a wonderful host and uh, also served his country with distinction, uh, as you have as well. And I cannot tell you what an honor it is and privilege to have you on today Thank on our special did. Memorial Day edition. Rear Admiral Brian Losey, Commander, Naval Special Warfare Command, also oversees the U.S. Uh, Navy SEALs, and we know the outstanding work that they do, much of which we may not know, but they're always there in the background, ever-present, 24-7, 365, around the globe. Rear Admiral... Uh, pleasure having you here in the Cigar City. Enjoy those cigars. I gave you some uh, Gurkha Classic Cigar Havana blends, so I hope wherever your travels take you, you'll enjoy it. Thanks, Dave. And for the IG, we have to note here that the total value of those cigars is less than $20. That's ex exactly correct. i got to take one back then. <laughs> I will take one back, and they will be less than $20. No question. <laughs> God bless America. <laughs> Absolutely right. Uh, Rear Admiral Brian Losey, Lieutenant's the final and concluding segment of this special Memorial Day tribute show comes your way next. Memorial Day is a time to reflect for those who fought for the USA and paid the ultimate price to ensure our freedom. From all of us at the Cigar Dave Show, we remember and thank you. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. As a cigar connoisseur, one of the pleasures that we derive is walking into our retailer's humidor and seeing the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Nine years ago, I had the idea that I wanted to share great cigars with the cigar lieutenants. So, the Officers Club was born. 
Every month, you will receive three fantastic premium cigars direct to your door, shipped in a very dapper Officers Club customized Ziploc cigar pouch. $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. No long-term contracts. You can cancel whenever you want. You enjoy great cigars right to your door. Names like Perdomo, Diamond Crown, Brickhouse, San Latano, Rocky Patel, Torano, CAO, Avo, Camacho, Greycliff, and many more. Join the Officers Club today. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and for $22.95, you'll get the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. The thrill has gone, and on this Memorial Day weekend, we remember the great B.B. King, passed away earlier this week, 89 years old. One memory I had when I was uh, in Memphis, got to be about 15 years ago, went to B.B. King's Blues Club on Beale Street, went there at 9 o'clock, cost me 10 bucks to get in, did not leave until 4 a.m., the blues... The artists, the ambiance, the atmosphere was phenomenal. And when I think of B.B. King, I think of all those times he was on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. And just uh, an absolute classic with his Lucille, his uh, guitar. Love listening to the blues, love listening to him. And I think I'm going to have to head over to Orlando to the B.B. King Blues Club over on International Drive here in the next couple of weeks. But love the great B.B. King. Lieutenants. Monday is Memorial Day, and we observe it. We've been talking about it the last two hours, but there's something that's very important, the flag ceremony. And in traditional observance, the flag of the United States is raised briskly to the top of the staff and then solemnly lowered to half-staff, where it remains only until 12 noon. It is then raised to full staff for the remainder of the day. The half-staff position remembers the more than 1.2 million men and women who gave their lives in service of their country. And at noon, their memory is raised by the living who resolve not to let their sacrifice be in vain, but to rise up in their stead and continue the fight for liberty and justice for all. So we ask you that on Monday that you observe Memorial Day, stop at noon, pay tribute, and just have a moment of silence. Remember all those men and women who gave and paid the ultimate price and are forever young on the battlefield. Lieutenants, it is only appropriate that we close today's special Memorial Day edition of the show with the great Kate Smith. It is her tradition. God bless America. We have done it for so many years. I don't think there's anyone that does the great rendition of God bless America better than Kate Smith. So we will... Listen to the fat lady, as they say. When Kate Smith sings, you know that you are ready to properly observe any American holiday. And on this Memorial Day weekend, no matter what you're doing, I just remind you the true significance and observance of Memorial Day.
God bless America, the great Kate Smith. Want to thank Major General David Scott, retired, the Deputy Director of Special Ops SOCOM in Tampa and proprietor of the Blue Monkey Bar for his hospitality and uh, being in the presence of so many great veterans and members of our military. And Rear Admiral Brian Losey, Commander of Naval Special Warfare Operations in the U.S. Navy SEALs. What an honor to have him. Cigar Dave, the general saying, Mayor Humidor always be full. Mayor Cutter always be sharp. Mayor Ashby extra, extra long. God bless all those great men and women. Their sacrifice and service is appreciated and never forgotten. And on Memorial Day, please observe Memorial Day properly, pay tribute, raise the flag, and thank all those men and women who sacrifice so that we could live in freedom.